Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. There is no forward motion without friction. If you're going to move forward, there's going uh, to be difficulty. There's going to be opposition. And that is especially true in the realm of spiritual work. If the gospel is moving forward, know that Satan and all the hounds of hell are going to do everything they can to push back against that. We're in Acts chapter 19. The gospel's advancing. Remember, uh, Ephesus now has become a gospel beachhead. All of Asia is going to hear the word of God. And in verse 13, the Bible says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. So here's a group of people that they want in on the action. They don't really believe the gospel. They don't really know Jesus personally. Uh, but they feel like they can use this power to their own benefit. And so they decide they're going to start casting out evil spirits as Paul has. Uh, they'll just use the same name. The Bible says in verse 14, And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? I think it's fascinating uh, that the, this evil spirit, this devil, uh, recognizes the name of Jesus, even recognizes the name of the Lord's messenger. May I just tell you, Satan knows who Christ is, and Satan knows who the true followers of Christ are. Satan knows who the Savior is, and Satan knows who the messengers of salvation are. Uh, but he looks at this man, who is not a true believer. He's just trying to use this power to his own benefit and says, Who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Uh, dear friend, I want you to know Jesus has to be personal to you. You can't just use his name. There are religious people that want to use uh, the name of Jesus almost in some superstitious kind of way, like a crystal ball, uh, like another power that they can tap into. Friend, you don't use his power. It uses you. And so here was a man that knew nothing of the power of Jesus Christ and had no answer for the power of the devil. There's only one who's greater than Satan, and that is the one that lives within us, the Lord Jesus Christ. You are no match for the devil. The Bible says in verse 17, And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. Listen to this carefully. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. You remember in verse 13, uh, this man trying to perform exorcisms wanted to use the name of Jesus like it was some potion, like it was some magic formula. You don't use the name of Jesus that way. You don't use it in some empty way when you do not know him. And so instead, what does the Lord do? The Lord lets that man be humiliated, be taught a public lesson. And what happens to the name of the Lord? The name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Friends, God will always magnify the name of Jesus. 
There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. Someday at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you don't use the name of Jesus lightly. You don't use it flippantly. The Bible says in verse 18, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So think about this. When the story opens, they're dealing with devils. They're dealing with demons. There's spiritual warfare going on. By the time it closes, these people who have been followers and worshipers of the devil, involved in witchcraft and sorcery, they bring all their books, renounce all of that, they repent and become true followers of Jesus Christ himself. Don't you love to see the power of the gospel? Don't you love to see the power of the Holy Spirit and the power in the name of Jesus Christ? I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, you, you should never make light or flippant about Satan's power because he is real and he is powerful. We're no match for the devil, but neither should you tremble and fear at Satan because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is greater than all. And so the section ends with verse 20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Do you see how in the midst of the spiritual warfare, in the midst of the friction as it moves forward, we come back again and again to this truth that God is greater. God is greater than all. Just look at the passage, beginning in Acts 19 from verse 13 down to verse number 20. Look at this beautiful progression. Uh, beginning in verse 13 down through verse number uh, 16, uh, God is greater than the devils. He's greater than these demons. No one else can handle them, but the Lord can. Uh, in verse number 17, uh, God is greater than all people because fear fell on all the people, Jews and Greeks, religious and non-religious. God is greater than them. Uh, in verse number 18, God is greater than their evil deeds. They come believing the gospel, confessing their sins, showing their deeds, and what does the Lord do? He forgives, he cleanses, he gives them a new start. It's tremendous, isn't it? In verse number 19, God is greater than all of the demonic influence all of their sorcery, all of what the Bible calls their curious arts. God is greater than all. And that's why the last word of this section is the word prevailed. Verse 20 says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Friends, we're on the winning side because our God is greater than all. Fill in the blank with any force, any power, any sin, anything in your past, anything facing you in the present anything you're worried about in the future, and just know this, God is greater than all of that. I want to challenge you to do something today. I want to challenge you to take Acts 19.20, Acts chapter 19, verse number 20, and make it your prayer for the day. Would you pray today that God would allow mightily the word of God to grow and to prevail in your life? I think that's a prayer we all can make our own right where we are. Lord, work mightily in us today. Lord, let the word of God grow in my life. Let the word of God grow in my family. Let the word of God grow in our church. Let the word of God grow in our community. Let the word of God grow in our world. In other words, multiply the truth, Lord. Let the gospel message advance. Let the name of Jesus Christ be magnified. Let it grow. And here's the beautiful truth. When it grows, it always prevails. 
As the word of God increases, the power comes with it. The fruit comes with it. The blessing comes with it. The victory comes with it. So if you want the product, you need the process. What was the thing that broke down the satanic strongholds? What was the thing that brought people to Jesus? What was the thing that made the difference in this town in the lives of people? It was very simply the word of God. The more I study the word of God, the more convinced and convicted I am that the word of God is all-sufficient and all-powerful. Everything you need, you have in the pages of Holy Scripture. So get in the Word today. Let it grow in you. Let it prevail in you. And let's make this verse, Acts 19, verse 20, our prayer today. Lord, we pray now together that mightily the Word of God will grow and will prevail. Though no more Scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the Gospel is being written at this very moment. And we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before He ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.